Up there in the sky, it's a bird, a plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One cannon. One thunderbolt. One fortnightly discussion of, ner- of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And also we... guy who can say his bit correctly. Mm, maybe today. <laughs> <laughs> and we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more. This is episode 255. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eric, how are you? I'm doing well. How's your coffee? Um, the coffee is delicious. Good. As I said before, all these cough drops that I'm eating seem to be enhancing the flavor, which is the opposite of what I would have expected. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. We should just keep these nicknames, Cannon and Thunderbolt. It's pretty cool. What's <laughs> our what's our, ta- our tag team name? <laughs> I'm Cannon. You're Thunderbolt. I think that's a that's solid. That's that's solid, you know, Cannon and Thunderbolt. I don't know what the team name is. We'll we'll, we'll workshop it over the course of the episode, I think. We come out to Electric Eye. I mean, this is This is yeah, this definitely this suits us anyway. It does. Uh hey, handsomeites, we are going to be talking about Peter Cannon Thunderbolt uh later on in Nerdboy Book Club, hence the name. Get strap yourselves in. Do you like meta narratives? Because <laughs> that's all that we got for you this week in book that club. Is, there's there's not a whole lot else in this book no. other than meta narrative. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that a lot later on. But before we get there, we have comic books that came out the past couple weeks to talk about. First, it is time for our first segment. It's time for floppies for nightly. Floppies for nightly. Spar show. Eric and I talk about. Wait, no review. A selection of these past couple weeks books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. Our first book is Iron Man 2020, number one, written by Dan Slott and Christos Gage. Art, Pete Woods. Letters, Joe Carrigmania. We review and talk about them. We do both. Uh, Hey, Eric. Hey, bud. Do you remember The Superior Spider-Man? Oh, you mean that book that was written by Dan Slott? I do. Where instead of it, instead of Spider-Man being Peter Parker, the good guy... He was Doctor Octopus, the bad guy. You know, it it kind of it it, it kind of reminds me of this book about Iron Man, written by Dan Slott, where Iron Man, the good guy Tony Stark, is now Arno Stark, who is not a good guy, mostly, <laughs> who has who's imprisoned got, clones he, of his parents, <laughs> and he's got he's got gears on his shoulders. He does. He's he's, he's Iron Gear guy there was an iron man from like the 70s who had that design and it was famously the iron man of 2020 mm-hmm. so they brought it they brought it back to they, be fucking stupid yeah Good. they did Good for them they did um and this is like a kicking off a hole there's a, i guess this is like a mini event there there's like there's like five mini events going on right now in marvel comics they don't <sighs> they don't do the macro events they said they wouldn't remember after they didn't do any I... 
I'm way better. I mean, I I think you need to give comic book teams license to do stupid shit. Um, but ruining everyone else's stupid shit that someone likes, don't do it. I, I'm 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 better with many stupid shit. I'm okay with it. Okay, so you're okay, but are you okay with this comic book? I'm not wild about it. It's fine-ish. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't, as we say, you know, it doesn't knock my dick in the dirt or anything. But it, I, I don't think I'd call it good. I'll start with my pros. I like Machine Man. Mm-hmm. I'm glad he's in a comic book. So that's that's the pro column, and not not the not prose as opposed to poetry. Pro plural. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Machine Man. I he's got th- some nice old bug eyes. He's he does, got built-in aviators. He does have built-in aviators. I think the art is good. I think it's yeah, it's it, pretty it, good. It works. I do not like this story. <laughs> no, I I don't want it. Um. I like stories about AI, but this is just, I don't know. I like smart stories about AI. I, I, I can read a dumb story about AI too, but like, I don't want to read more of this. Yeah, I don't, I didn't care about Superior Spider-Man and I definitely don't care about Arno. I didn't care about Arn, Arno Stark when Kieran Gillen was writing him. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know he really tried. I just don't, I can't care about this brother that appeared late like this you know <laughs> i don't i just can't care about arno stark i don't care about his sad sack life and how everything was stolen from him and he was in some prison so he's turning in return he's being a terrible person and killing and enslaving machine man and robbie the robot and whatever the hell else is in there there's probably like a bunch of other robots that from pop culture in that little crowd scene that i didn't see but i i don't I I know how this ends. There's no... There's clearly a right side, and there's clearly a wrong side. Like, the AI are sentient in Marvel Universe. I don't... There's... And, like, when you say, oh, I own... And, that like, literally, I own Jocasta, and they take the little poor kitty cat's collar off that lets it talk. I know they're bad guys. I know they're going to lose, probably, in the end. We're going to have another thing, just like the end of Superior Spider-Man, where we get Tony back. I'll I'll wait for it. when that happens. I'll I'll read more Iron Man comics, I guess. But I'm, I'm a do not buy for this. I just it's whatever whoever this is for. It is not me. Are you also do not buy Eric? I I don't need it in my life. No, it's it's a it's a pale shade of okay. But I don't I don't want it. It is watered down superior Spider Man, and I think that that was barely worth reading that's the double do not buy iron man 2020 number one next up is alanis attacks number one written by greg pock art ario Anin anidito colors rochelle rosenberg letters joe sabino so there's a lot of comic books so we don't read and a lot of things happen and whenever we check in on certain events i'm like oh agents of atlas and here's what amadeus cho has been for god knows how long along with being the champions and probably five other books He's been fucking around so long he turned into Hulkling. Yeah. They not no, I mean he was he was the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And he was an awesome Hulk. And now he's just Hulkling. 
He looks, what is it they called him? Like the bruiser or something dumb like that? Braun is his, Braun, was his name. there you go. Um, I don't hate it. No. I don't know. I, I, I like Amadeus Cho and the goofy Greg Pak shit that he's done with him. I think in theory I like it. Yeah, I like oh. in theory a lot of these things, but in execution and in practice, mm-hmm. I'm like it. It, eh. it it feels sloppy to me. I'll, I'll tell you what I do kind of in macro like about this book. Um, that this is a book that's largely set in Asia, and almost all the characters are Asian. I think that's interesting. Yes. Um, like it's it's a re- like it doesn't call a lot of attention to it which I like, it just quietly is like, okay, here's this person, and then here's this person, and then here's these three people, and you're like, okay, wait a minute, okay. And I I, I, I kind of like all of that. I like that this is done like this, and I like that it's normal. Um, that much is good. I don't get enough of a through line of this story enough to give a shit. It just, it, it feels like, a bunch of jumbled stuff together. Yeah, it's not like th- at the core it's oh Namor's attacking because mm-hmm. they stole his dragon. <laughs> yeah. They're using his dragon to power a city. And I feel like I feel like how do you how do you fuck that up? That is the silliest like that's great. <laughs> <laughs> the story that you just told is better than this comic. It, it, I, I think it's. I think largely it's just a product of, like you mentioned that you know there's a largely Asian cast, and I also agree mm-hmm. with you that that's a good thing. But yes, I think it doesn't focus enough on just the core idea of this. Is that mm-hmm. look at look here's our huge cast, and here's more people. Look at all these people, and here's Namor, and I'm like, well, I just get it down. I think it just needed to get closer to faster to. Yeah. Hey, this is a dragon, undersea magic dragon that the Atlanteans used and are worshipped or whatever, and it got stolen, and now Amadeus Cho has to defend it and his city, not because they did the right thing, but because now it is def- it is prote- it protects thousands and thousands of people, and that I, that's the interesting core of this of him having to, you know defend uh, an action that is ethically wrong when it happened but is necessary to persist to protect thousands of people that he cares about and where you have both sides are right and i think that's the interesting core of this but it's just so much stuff happening and like it doesn't name or doesn't show up until like halfway through the book and then he just vanishes again and then they do like a weird flashback thing and like there there's a lot of time it's I don't it doesn't I don't think it needed to be this complicated and having so many moving parts. And I think that's I mean some people like that as a charm of like a big event kind of book like this, mini event book, I guess what this is. But what like yeah, they stole his dragon and Namor wants it back. P- present if you present just hey, here's one side and here's the other and let it be more ab- just about these core characters and why they're here instead of uh, splash pages with 40 characters. And like, yeah, I, I know some of them and some of them people, I don't, I don't people love their splash pages with 40 characters. And oh God, I mean, I, I, I don't think this is like bad. 
Like it's, I think it just leaves me a little bit meh. I think it it looks nice. It like Greg Pak's dialogue is always good. He always has a good ear for different characters' voices. It's more just about kind of the foundational. Like, eh, just feels it feels like another one of these. I, if you're really attached to these characters, you probably like it a lot. I you know we don't. I don't read all of Marvel comics, so I you know I like Amadeus Cho. I like Silk, but you know I don't feel much about a lot of these characters. Just. Mm. And I don't know if you're expected to or not. Uh, I, I think I'm going to do not buy for no fault necessarily like directly of this comic book, but it doesn't really do much for me. It. <sighs> Something's not quite right with it. I, um, I think the promise is there, but it's not quite what I want it to be. So I, I'm, I'm going to back your play here. That is a double do not buy and Atlantis attacks number one. Next up is Guardians of the Galaxy number one. Script Al Ewing, art Juan Cabal, colors Federico Blee, letters Corey Pettit. Regular, regular Nova. Good old Rich Ryder. Oh, Richie. Uh, most of the good, you know, are are my my Guardians of the Galaxy is here. All these, um, these my cast. This is the the. The Abnett and Landing cast, for the most part, is here. Uh, Groot is now talking, not just Groot mm-hmm. anymore. But now we got Zeus and all a bunch of old gods getting uppity in space. Mm-hmm. And Hercules. Uh, Hercules is here. Cosmic gods. Hercules is wearing Mega Man boots. I mean, I think he's attached to them at this point, but I like this. I'm pretty good on it, too. Um... I'm trying to think I had some reservations on it and looking back I don't know really what they are. I think it's I think it's pretty good. Maybe it's just it's a lot of words to convey a lot of simple ideas maybe, but it's got a lot of really good shit in it. Yeah, I I think Al Ewing with... he's going to be he's going to be a top tier guy yes. very shortly. Yeah, and I I'm you know Immortal Hulk put him on the map for as a, like a superstar, but He's been writing, he mostly has been writing books like this, you know, team books. And I think this book, it does have, I might have a touch too much wordiness at times. But yeah. other, th- other than that, I really don't have any complaints. I think it does establish, it establishes a status quo very quickly with a lot of different characters, a lot of different moving parts. Gives me stakes very quickly about what's at risk. Uh, and, you know, gives me personality character and like establishes mm. what all these different members of the team also what they want what they need which isn't very important especially when i have not been reading guardians since the last guardians number one i think that we read because <laughs> i just wasn't that that compelled by it and there's a lot of comic books i'm a, I'm a buy i think i'm just a buy i think i'm a buy i think i think it's worth i mean you have space zeus yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty good. I feel like it's a thing that, and if you know, it's it's interesting because this made me think of this. Is obviously Zeus is, is probably been in Marvel almost as long as he's been in DC, but it kind of feels like it kind of feels like the 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 Greek and Roman pagan gods belong to DC. I feel like it would be did did did, uh, did DC ever do their own take of Thor? Or any of the Viking gods? 
I don't know. They probably have at some point over the years, mm-hmm. but I don't. Rec- I can't recall a particular time. So, I wonder if you would count the the one that was in. Um, I mean, I guess you technically could count um, Neil Gaiman's version that was in Sandman. Sandman's canon. Yeah, I mean, I think. I mean, it's it's they were the the those the, that pantheon was in. Which book was it? It was in the Secret Invasion mm. that they had. It was there was a god war going on between the Scroll gods and all the other gods into all a bunch of other pantheons, and I believe they were there as well. And, you know, Ares is a very you know was very he he doesn't pop up anymore really in Marvel. He was very prominent during the the, the Secret Invasion and Dark Avengers and that that time period you know like seven years ago or something uh so you see them occasionally i think marvel just taps into gods more often than dc does in general aside from wonder woman because of thor mostly are you a buyer i realized that i did not say i i think um maybe to be true to myself i'll say i'll say bye with the one on the mush meter okay uh, that is a double by Guardians of the Galaxy with a Mushmeter 0.5. Next up is Wonder Woman number 750, written by uh, a bunch of people, drawn by a bunch of people, inks by a bunch of people, colors and letters by a bunch of people. I'm not. It's going to take me five minutes to list all the names. Don't. Do not. Yeah. Um. This is, you know, it's the big call mark. They've done this for Action Comics. They did this for Batman, Detective Comics. So they're doing it for Wonder Woman. Um, I, th- I think, I think... A thing could – these things are always so decidedly not my shit. Mm-hmm. I, I, I despise it. Even even though there might be some good things in here, like I just – I just want to – if someone picked this up and pointed it at me, I would slap it out of their hand. I hate when they do this. I hate when they try and sell me this garbage. I don't hate it. I, I'm just so tired of it. I'm so tired of a fucking $10 comic book with 80 different people. Like, this is, this is, this is, I don't know. Have you, have you ever been to a wrestling show where the main event is a battle royal? <laughs> it's terrible. I mean, we are on the, it is the day of the Royal it Rumble. Is. Yes. Which will maybe be the main event, and probably not, but who knows. Bensu wins, I'm guessing, is if it's going to be the main event or not. Um, it has Brock in it, so it probably will be the main event. Uh, yeah. I, I don't hate this. I don't love it either. I think it has interesting stuff in it. I like some of the stories. My But I will say that my main thoughts while reading this was... Man, that Daniel Warren Johnson book was really good. <laughs> yeah, that's and, all I can think of. And this is not as good as as that. Uh, not even. None of not it. Not even. None not of even it. close. Some of it's interesting, and some of the stories I'm like, oh, that's nice. And I think, like, there is, I think there is a a scenario where I would recommend this, particularly, I would say, as a gift for a child who is getting into superhero comics. And it's like, here is a single book that has a lot of different stories in it and gives you a taste of the all these different characters. Other, But for me, I go, eh, I don't need this. 
I like this Greg Rucka story. Yeah. I, most of his other stuff I don't really care for. The Steve Orlando one, I think, is just actively like I just I just despise it. And that that well, I mean, it's the end of a run. Yes. I think, no, so. I know. I I know it's really super unfair of me to judge it. I don't like saying bad things about Steve Orlando. I just hate it. I hate it so much. I don't I don't I managed to hate the the Tomaki story in this and I fucking love her work. Maybe hate's too strong for hers, but it's like it's a piece of fluff. I just uh well I mean that's all of this. This is fluff. All of this is fluff. That's what this, that's what this I, book is. It's fluff. I'm gonna say you can get fluff for cheaper than ten bucks. Yes, I agree with you there. I think with this I mean this is what this is. This is for I think fans of Wonder Woman who who want to like celebrate the character and it's a gift for people who are just like hey i want to try a thing you're like hey look at this it's a big number it's extra size it's cool and you're like okay but i don't want it uh it's not that it's necessarily like i don't think any of the stories in it are like bad but for ten dollars that's a big ask and most of the time Mm -hmm. i think whenever i almost didn't put this on it but i felt like we should read it because it's a big thing but most every time this happens, every action comics, detective comics, when Marvel does it too, with their big, giant, huge issues that are like this, that are like an, that are basically just annuals with a bunch of little stories in it, we all mm-hmm. end up going. It's not worth as much money as you're paying for it. Go buy a trade. No, there's never any value to these. There, there never is. Like I think. I I I don't like the anthologies that are basically this, but I do think that they provide some value in that they in that you can discover a new artist or something like that. But like, who the fuck is is discovering Brian Hitch? That young up and comer? Yeah, the, the young gun, the forty five year old man talking about fucking DJ Cool Herc. I'm a do not buy. Yeah. Uh, that's Double Do Not by Wonder Woman 750. Next and last is Ghostbusters, year one, number one, written by Eric Burnham, art Dan Shaning, colors Luis Antonio Delgado, letters Neil Uyakate? I'm trying. I apologize if I butchered it. Um, hey, Eric, do you know the Ghostbusters? I'm, I'm familiar. You know how, you know how Busted makes me feel? Have you ever seen the Neil Sissiego? I love Boston? it. It's so good. <laughs> I'm, it's right in. It's right in there with your humor. It really does make sense. Bustin, 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 Bustin. It's so stupid. It's so bad. It's so terrible. I love it. Uh, but this is. Uh, I you know there, there's a lot of Ghostbusters comics. This is not unique. Um, in that in that oh it's another one but this is a, like an early stories of the of the ghostbusters with kind of uh origin stories for all of them starting with winston and moving through the rest of them i like this more than i thought i would i believe do you remember i believe we've read other ghostbusters comics we have and i i don't remember who wrote it or draw drew it but this feels very familiar to me it could have been any part of this team but I remember us being positive on it then, too. So I kind of think that these books are just quietly pretty damn good. 
And this this is, you know, a lot of them, as far as I know, depart pretty far from the movies. Uh, you know, at a certain point, they they have the same a lot of the same cast, but they don't reference. This feels, this feels tonally really right in keeping with that first film. It does, and it, <laughs> Winston is not is a, an afterthought in the movies. And yes, it's, it is unfortunate that he is such an afterthought, and this does a good thing. It 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 corrects it, makes him a person. Yeah, he's he's he. It gives him a lot of character, way more character than he's given in, in those movies, really. And it's a well told. It ha- it's funny. It adequately captures, I think, the voices of these characters. It's got a. It's got the ghost of um, Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, that's 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 good. I like that. I like you know uh, they they find he's, a- he's shooting pumpkins with the proton beam. Yeah, he's had a day with it. He's totally ready for that unlicensed nuclear accelerator on his back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm a, Carl I, Winslow's in this book. He is. Carl Winslow is in this book. It's the second comic Guess book what? we read. He plays a cop. It's the second comic book you read with Carl Winslow in it. Is it only the second? I think I can, so. I know the other one you mean. It's God Hates Astronauts. It is, except he has gorilla arms in that one. I'm going to say there has to be another comic we've read that there's a Carl Winslow in. Has to be. We'll think of it eventually. When IDW puts out their Family Matters comic book. <laughs> when they put out when they put out their Die Hard comic. There probably there absolutely is a diehard comic book. There's no way Carl there isn't. Winslow's in it. That's true. He's the. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> uh, I'm a buy on this. I, I think it's this is way better than I thought it would be. Yeah, uh, I kind of put this comic. in, kind of put this in as like half of a joke. I'm like, we're gonna make Eric read a licensed comic book and we'll hate it. Yeah, like when you fucking put Scooby Doo in there, and we actually kind of <laughs> liked it too. Yes, I know. Uh, I'm a, so not, a, not enough curveballs and and. <laughs> The recent handsome boys. Oh, okay. We need to. We need to, we need to Sounds pass like challenge the, accepted. The, yeah, we need to. We need to pass on all the Miss Marvels and the 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 Daniel Warren Johnson comics. Let's read Scrappy Doo number thirty eight. It's a double buy. Ghostbusters year one number one. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show. Eric and I talk about what we've been up to. Uh, and make recommendations about nerdy stuff to check out or whatever we want to talk about, honestly. Eric, how's it going? You you, you did stuff at a con, and I'm curious to see how know how that all went. My goodness. Um it's it's been that long since we've talked. Uh yeah, no, I attended as I was invited as a guest by my friend uh Ben Penrod. Um I actually don't might be pronounced differently and i'm going to be embarrassed but it is it is spelled penrod maybe it's penrod i don't know i've actually we've never we, he's never said his name out loud to me before but ben's a good fella he invited me um to guess and it was my f- official first con of this year it's in lakeland and i think better than anything it was like just great networking met a lot of super cool people um can't remember ian's last name but he's a another screen print artist we were sat next to each other so we i don't know we talked shop we talked art it was a a really neat dude you know had a good time i also met some local like ian was from new jersey so he flew down here for this con but meeting some lakeland folks was nice um it was kyle and christina both very talented artists it would be great if i could 
plug all their social media and stuff, but unfortunately I don't have it in front of me. Um, but great, great people, great, great networking. Um, I don't particularly like doing comic cons, but, um, I liked, I, I, it's always good to hang out with Ben. We, uh, we, we bond over, uh, pro wrestling. It's a, it's a, I mean, who wouldn't, you know? I don't, I'm not familiar with this pro wrestling pro wrestling. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, um, it's a thing where people are like awesome and they beat each other. Oh, cool. You know, a thing that was really funny. There's this dude that I used to, that I would see. He's just, he, he, he used to work at uh, daddy cools here in St. Petersburg which is like a, an independent record store. It's still around, but it's had to move and he no longer works for him. Um, but I had forgotten his name and I recognized him and he didn't know that I was an artist. So he stopped and we talked for a while and guess what his name is, Robbie. I don't know. What's his name? His name is Robbie. Oh, do you know what we talked about? Pro wrestling. We talked about pro wrestling. There's dozens of us. I guess so. <laughs> I just was flabbergasted that I did not know his name because his name was your name. Not not Robert, not Bob. He was Robbie. I'm, I'm, okay. But nice guy. And he he's he's into the he's into he's into New Japan. I actually saw him at the New Japan show that I went to last Friday. Spoiler for I guess later. I don't know. I don't need to talk more about Central Florida Comic Con. It was good though. I guess I could. Th- I, I I I could mention briefly that I did two panels. I talked. To, I I uh, moderated a panel about uh, Fresh Fest, which is a mural festival in Tampa that I'm going to be a part of again this year, next month. God, fitting that into my schedule is going to be amazing. Um, I also did a talk on uh, screen print with my friend. Caitlin Crockett, who uh, is a manager, like a, you know, important uh, leader of uh, Prince St. Pete. I'm going to try and be a part of her events, uh, St. Printersburg, coming up shortly. Um, can't really think of too much else for Central Florida Comic Con. It was, it was really, it was condensed. It was a dense thing, you know. All this happened in, in, in a two-day con and it was mostly just me hanging out on the vendor floor. But it is a much better show. Like, you you have an impression of what Lakeland is, don't you? I do. Is it? Is it? Would you compare it? Um, would you compare it to, like, a, a cosmopolitan city? Is it a Paris or a Tokyo or a New York? Uh it makes me think of you, you. You using the word of cosmopolitan makes me think of Tombstone, the film, where up uh, I believe uh, 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 Wyatt Earp is walking down the main drag and talking to Doc Holliday, and they're talking to the mayor, who's talking about how Tombstone is up and coming, and then people barge out of the tab- the the bar, shooting each other with pistols on the street. <laughs> And Doc goes, Cosmopolitan. <laughs> and, yep, that's how I would think of, you know, Lakeland's not quite Tombstone. No one, no one got shot in Lakeland. N- no one, did, there's uh... not gunfights on the street, but Lakeland is a, it's a, it's, it's a not, 
it's not quite Tampa. It, it's you know, it's half of Tampa, basically, maybe a third of Tampa. It's I th- I think I think even a shadow of um, Brandon, maybe. I, I, I actually I kind of enjoyed Lakeland better than 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 I do Brandon. I would Brandon know. Is, I, Lakeland is more than Brandon. I will say that these. I I I I enjoyed it there. I would go and visit the folks that I met, and I would I would go back to. I I I don't particularly um, sell a lot at Comic Cons. I don't think they're really my crowd anymore. Um, but I did have a a very good time. Um, I saw uh, Jesus. I saw two wrestling shows since we've talked. Fuck! I saw wrestling shows two Fridays in a row. How about that? That's I mean on brand. Yeah, it is. It super is at this point. I saw uh, the, I don't know what the Nerd Street Wrestling uh, show was called, but um, Nerd Street Wrestling may not be around much longer, unfortunately. Um, It is a tough thing in Florida where people can pay $20 and see Keith Lee. Mm Mm-hmm. Or fucking like whoever I would I I I, both, I want to see Matt Riddle. Both MLW and NXT yes. regularly yes. run throughout Florida for very cheap prices, so mm-hmm. it's hard to compete with that. There's a lot of very good wrestling in Central Florida, and I mean, and Nerd Street is honestly very good. Like they did a good job of booking great talent. I mean, it's indie talent. It's it's not fucking Keith Lee and 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 Matt Riddle. You know, mm-hmm. it's not Pentagon Junior. <laughs> but like, I it was great talent, great matches. Um, I hate that that there were not more people there. I hate that it kind of probably lost the money you know um but it was very good i was not disappointed i learned of some new learned of and followed some new uh people from our kind of regional um wrestling scene and saw some awesome matches i absolutely recommend i don't know i'm starting to get really into to our, our indie scene. I, I'm, I, I want to support it more. I'm going to be one of those people. One of the, one of the, one of the like 20 people that show up to every one of those shows because they know they're awesome and they want to support it. Um, but yes, I guess the big thing is uh, this Friday, a couple nights ago, I saw the new beginning show in, in Tampa it's called the new beginning in Tampa, but it's in fucking St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, it's a different city, but I suppose you have to call it the city that people know. People in Tallahassee and Miami probably do not know what St. Petersburg is yet. They they know about how far Tampa is away. Um, but the the new beginning show, I don't think they filmed it in any capacity. Um, but they didn't send all of their a tier talent, but they sent some pretty good guys. You know, I got to see, um, G O D Jeff Cobb is a ring of honor guy though, isn't he? I mean, yes, but he 
regularly. He, I mean, he's I, I think it's he wrestles in Ring of Honor because he wants to wrestle in New Japan. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean he's uh, he's better than Ring of Honor. Although I do think that I'm I'm, I'm I don't want to fucking buy a ticket to Super Card of Honor and go to fucking Lakeland to watch it on a day when I'm going to be vending at WrestleCon, but that looks like a good show. Maybe I will just watch it. Maybe I'll fucking buy the pay-per-view or something. I don't know. It looks like a fucking legit show. Um, But I'm trying to think. Coda got taken off the card because for the first time ever, he has decided to put his health first and did not go to the show. I'm a little sad about that, but I, I don't want Coda to, 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 to die. It's apparently because he had the flu, is what I was told. Yes, he has the he ha- he had the flu. And imagine if Coda is not going somewhere because he has the flu, he yeah. must be deathly ill. And I, I support people. Like I think certainly Coda should be taken care of as a as a top talent. He should be treated like a a a a, a precious glass man should be protected at all costs, so he can slam his neck into things later um regret not seeing him but fuck it it's okay did get to see uh god uh yujiro was there got to see the crown jewel chase owens i got to see uh rocky romero was really i i enjoyed seeing rocky um got to take a selfie with tana oh my god what a fucking hero hiroshi tanahashi is because sincerely, he, he 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 wrestled. I mean, it was a good, it was a fun match. Like they they told the story very well. But like he he hugged everyone that stayed behind and took selfies with everyone. He must have he must have done it with like a hundred people. I well, could not believe it. It was such a nice gesture, and I um, I don't know, Eric. It yeah when he says i love you he means it Mm. he was working overtime god bless that man he got he got tired of saving wrestling in japan yes so he's he's, no he's gonna do it in america too he's like i guess well you know i basically dragged new japan to to number one in japan now i gotta do it in the u.s He's he's gonna do it he's gonna do it one ugly selfie at a time you you looked good. I don't know why people yeah. say that. I can't accept. I can't accept love. I I'm I well can't. aware. I'm well aware. Hey man, you look great. It's Thank a good, you. It's a good picture of you. You look happy because you're embracing. Look, that's what everyone you're says. You're embracing the uh, once in a once in a century <laughs> talent. It really was, and I've met him before. It was more exciting. To it was that was a I don't know. It was. It was much more exciting in that moment. Like I was definitely like, it was like it was like meeting a wax statue at the meet and greet. Even though he was very nice and warm and personal and spoke to us in English, but like it was like it was an exciting moment seeing performer Tanahashi come up and hug me and take a selfie with me. I blown away. It was it was a great experience. And if any of you are on the fence about going to basically these house shows. You're an idiot not to go. These are, these are definitely, these are the matches that you skip on new Japan world 
they're worth going to in person. They were it was affordable. It was an intimate show. I wish they had also sold more seats to that, but there was it was a hot crowd. People were excited. People were cheering for Yoshihashi. That's how excited people were. Uh, once I got carried away, people did it. I was there. I saw it. Oh my god! The 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 I love Colt Cabana and Toro Yano together. They are great. I didn't realize you hated Toro Yano so much. I think he's fantastic. What? I really I I like comedy wrestling a lot. I don't hate Toro Yano. What are you talking about? It I, that was the impression I got from your texts while I was there. What are you talking about? I didn't say. I said he's the one true ace. I thought you were. I I don't know. I was contextually reading something wrong then. I literally called him our one true ace. I, I called him the one true ace, and you think I hate him? <laughs> we say the same thing about Yoshihashi, and we both despise him. Yeah, because I'm talking about Yoshihashi. <laughs> Toriyama's great. Who doesn't like Toriyama? Monsters. I agree. No, so he's that was, the one true was, ace. It, the one true ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling, Toriyano. Of course, I like Toriyano. If I ever I, go to Japan, I, I'm gonna go to his bar and hopefully run into him. I he's great. He was so funny. It was. I like Toriyano matches. Yes, of course. He's, he's he's great with with Colt Cabana too. Yeah, they're good. They're very good. They're very good and very good together. I think it's genius that they have them working together. It was great. It was fucking great. Wrestling continues to be good. <laughs> I have not gotten sick of it yet. Good. There's a lot more of it. It never stops. There's there's way too much. I went to the movies, Eric. That sounds fun. I saw Parasite. Because it's back in theaters because of, at least in Alamo here in Austin, because of the Oscars, Oscar nominations. So I, I've definitely seen people talk about whatever this is. It is not related to the comic that oh, we read. Oh, no, what, not what's, none whatsoever. Nothing what, to do what, with what, it. What is it? It's, I have, I have, I am completely. It's a Korean film. Anything. It's a Korean film. Huh? Uh, director of The Host was, mm -hmm. that's the other movie that I, I'm familiar with. Uh, I I purposely went in very, like, basically in the dark about this movie. I only knew that everyone I knew really liked it when they saw it, and that it was vaguely about capitalism. Like, the theme, as a theme. Now, I don't know, I had no idea what the actual story of the movie was before I saw it. Uh, it's very good, maybe even great. I think I need to see it again. Uh, I would say everyone should see it. It's that it's good enough for that. I would wholeheartedly say, hey, if you do you like film, go see it. Uh, do you live in the year 2020? You should go see it. Um, I I hesitate to describe it, honestly, because I think it's better not really knowing what you're getting going in. Mm. But it largely is about a lower class family blue collar struggling to to survive they literally start the movie with they their phones have been turned off and they're stealing wi-fi from a cafe because that's all the, that's all they have uh and they're making money by folding pizza boxes and then it it kind of goes into them 
with it starts with the son of the family it's a you know it's a, a mom dad daughter son and they're the son and daughter are both adults young adults and the son gets a job as a tutor for a wealthy family for an english tutor for a wealthy family's high school daughter and it kind of morphs into how the two families relate to each other i'm not, i won't go any further than that uh it also disarms you because the first half of it roughly is tonally different than the latter half it escalates into becoming incredibly tense and harrowing in the latter half and there's if you're looking closely you i think there are hints early on about the you know the what the rest of the movie will hold after the like a turn happens basically but it's absolutely worthy of being, you know, best picture of being nominated for an Oscar. I think it was great. I'm really glad I saw it in theater. If you have the opportunity, you're, you're, I would suggest it. You're definitely being pretty vague about it, but that's I, that's okay. Yeah, it. it I don't want to give too much away. Some, you know, some sometimes it's like when we talked about. I don't know when you when you plugged um, uh, Outer Wilds, you you basically say anything about that game and you ruin big chunks of it. Um, uh, yeah. And I think I not knowing anything about it helped mm. made me enjoy it more. Like I, it, like I, I liked knowing only, Oh, it's a theme of we all like the director himself said, like he specifically made this movie as a reflection on culture in South Korea. Mm. And then as he showed it around the world, Every place he showed it had the same re- had the same reaction of like, oh, this perfectly describes the place I live. <laughs> and he and he and he quickly and he and he said, oh, I understand now that yes, yeah, certainly you know a lot of places have cultural differences, but we all live in the same place, and that place is capitalism. Mm. And this movie, so did you, you said Korean director, but is it Korean movie? Yes, it's okay. it, It's in Korean. Okay, that was so the, there's, it's that's what I was driving at. It's, yes, it's subtitled. Okay, um, I don't. I like reading things. I would, I, you know, honestly, this probably puts me in a like one percent the minority, but I would like all movies to have subtitles on all the time. So I know what the Are hell you people. Really? I mean, no, there's there's like a huge debate about that. There's a lot of people do just. I mean, you can turn captions on. You know that, right? I do. When I'm, I'm watching say, something by myself, I, not, I, I do not know this about you. I always put captions on when I'm not watching with other people. That's I. I did not know that. I am not surprised because there, I mean there are plenty of people. Do you have? Do you have? I don't know. Like my 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 ex. I you maybe only met her once, but she would always do it. And I think other people maybe with some sensory issues um, will do that. Um, I don't know that I in general don't like it uh because i'm paying attention to the words on the bottom of the screen and not the whole rest of the screen i mean that's I, the only reason i don't like it i read very quickly i read pretty, i can read subtitles pretty quickly too but my eyes linger on the bottom of the damn screen too long uh, i'm looking at the, i'm looking i'm trained at looking at it too much i i watch a lot of stuff with subtitles but I, I I don't know. It it is helpful at times. Parasite's very good. I you should see it at some Excellent. point. Uh but don't see it if you're feeling 
uh, sad. That's okay. my that's my furthermore. If you're in a bad mood, if you're not feeling like watching a movie, don't. don't it's s- not. It's not a. It's not a pick me up. No, it is. It's not a. It is fucking not a feel good movie. <laughs> I'll say that too. It's all. It's it's harrowing. It makes me like several times. I caught myself not breathing <laughs> near the end of the movie. I was my holding my breath. I was like, oh, Jesus. Uh, other thing is a video game, Eric. Uh, it's really good, honestly. Very good video game called Children. Are you, gonna, are, are you gonna Are you gonna say the line though? Hey, Eric, I played a video game. Yes. Say the line. I need a need a, need a soundboard so I can have a like a standing ovation for you. It's, it's called Children of Pop. Children of Morta is the name of the game. I it's on Steam. It's on a, it's everywhere. I think I got it on the Xbox PC Game Pass. Uh, a bunch of new games just got out of that, including this, and I've been looking at it for a while, always a little bit hesitant. I wish I had played it earlier or sooner, because none of the reservations I had about it are, are honestly affecting me at all. It is basically like you take Bastion, you take Rogue Legacy, and you take Hyperlight Drifter. And you take those three games, and you smush them together, and this is what comes out. Uh, it's a roguelike dungeon crawler concerning a family trying to rid the the forest that surrounds and the caves and the and the the environment around them of a great evil uh it's it it plays a lot like hyperlight drifter in that it is you know fast movement a lot in fast combat um it it is rogue legacy because it concerns itself a lot with family and uh you're playing a bunch of children it you don't die though before you die you get teleported back to your mansion your little house so you never actually die um but it rogue legacy is all about you know you're playing child after mm-hmm. child after child and it's also a rogue it's also a roguelike dungeon crawler that has distinct bosses and after you beat that boss you move on to a different part of the dungeon true in this as well um bastion because of the storytelling in it because it has a narrator <laughs> That I was is, gonna say, does it have the narrator? It has voice? a. It has a very. It's not the same narrator, but it has a very similar kind of narrator, and it has that same kind of like kind of little bit of ironic charm in the narrations. Mm-hmm. And you are as you move through the dungeon and encounter different and save people or inca- go through different encounters. They will you'll collect things and save people that come back to your house with you, and your house changes and there's new stuff added to your house. As you collect stuff, which is also true of Bastion, where you you're building your little settlement, uh, you save a little puppy. Like the first one of the first things you do in the dungeon is save a puppy, and then you have a puppy at your house. And I really hope that eventually that puppy like becomes a companion thing you could take with you. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Are you uh, gonna name it Safety Head? Uh, no, it has a name. Mm, it's a bummer. Its name is Riker. Big, I hope it grows a beard. Big TNG fans among mm-hmm. in the house love Star Trek. Um, it's really fun. I have not been able to stop playing it. Uh, the classes are really distinct. Like all the all the different kids and family members play differently from each other. Like there's an archer. There's the big sword guy. There's the dagger guy. There's the kung fu monk guy. My favorite so far is the little tiny girl who f- throws fireballs. She's my favorite so far, but they are all fun to play. Uh, they all have their own distinct movement and kind of how play style. So you can find one of them who you like the most. 
Um, as you level up, there's, you know, it's a roguelike, but there is, I think it, it gets the right level of progression from run to run where mm-hmm. you, you, you earn gold, you can buy more health, more attack power, more, you know, a better critical hits, more, you collect more gold, more XP. Like, I feel like there's a good balance. You're constantly, even when you're not necessarily leveling up, you're unlocking little vignettes at the end of every run between the family members there's drama happening between them. It's like, it's very like the little girl because they're, they space out the class unlocks as you go. They, they, they space out the family members that get added to your roster. And so you're actually seeing the little girl train as you run, go through different runs with your older family members. And like, and the last thing you do before she becomes an unlock is you are running through the dungeon as a different character and then you run into a room and suddenly she's there with the grandma and the grandma's like, all right, this is your last test. You're going to be the companion. So you run the dungeon and you have the little girls, your companion. And if you succeed with her, you effectively unlock her and then you can play as her as the next time you get around. Really clever with that kind of stuff. It's parceled out well. So you never feel like you're just getting nothing, even if you have a bad run, which happened occasionally. Uh, there's a lot of different things to unlock that, really you know have a variety of builds from run to run which is fun uh the enemies look neat the animation's good it's nice i like the pixel art style i'm I it's just, really pretty i don't get tired of it they, they, it looks a lot like hyper light drifter and hyper light drifter look beautiful this also it's looks a, really good accurate um I, go get play it like xbox game, pc game pass for xbox is five dollars a month includes this and a lot of other games um, you can also get it on Steam. I think it's on PS4, Xbox. I don't know if it's on Switch yet, but if it isn't, it will be probably soon. Uh, it's if you like any of the games I mentioned, you'll like this. Children of Morda. All right, Eric, you ready to talk about storytelling? I suppose so. And storytelling about storytelling. It's it's. <sighs> <laughs> That's ah, all right. I guess. I guess we we we're 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 gonna we're gonna go in. We are. We can move on to our final segment. It's time for Nerdboy Book Club. Nerdboy Book Club is the bar show. Eric and I sign a longer collective work and discuss it in depth, like you would a book in a book club. Except it's a comic book and a comic book club. This week we are discussing Peter Cannon Thunderbolt Volume One. Don't die by uh, Kieran Gill and Casper Wingard. Um. How would uh, give me an what is your if you could like give me the elevator pitch for this book, Eric? Kieran Gillen gets hired to do a take on uh, uh, a legacy character and instead does a story lampshading Watchmen. I wouldn't even say it's lampshading Watchmen in particular. I I mean, it's doing it's doing more than that, but I think that's the. I think it's kind would, of the main thing. I would say it's lampshading all the comic books that came out after it's, Watchmen. It's doing no. I mean, it is. I get that. Um, there's a there's a tagline where someone calls it "Crisis on Infinite Watchmen's." There's, yeah, that's there's, pretty good. There's there's some truth to that gag. Yeah, and that's certainly part of it. There's. I, I, I would say. I, I wonder if anyone could even appreciate this. This is this is a book only for comic nerds. Like 
and I don't know. Ultimately, like I, I I read it and I like it, but like I roll my eyes at it a lot, and I don't know if this comic self-referential shit. If it is it good? Is it wanky? Like I don't. I, I honestly I don't know. I would say yes to both of those questions. I I mean, and I, I guess that's fair. That's the fucking duality of this fucking weird metafiction. It is a strange, strange thing. I would I would say here is my attempt at an elevator pitch is if Ozymandias one if Ozymandias from the Watchmen fought Ozymandias who is Gwenpool. Mm-hmm. That's it's 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 Ozymandias who becomes Doctor Manhattan fights Ozymandias as Gwenpool. Yes, I think that's 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 good. We've gotten it. We've gotten there. But mm-hmm. in in actuality, like there is the story is there isn't like there. I don't know how to. There is no real story to it. The story is the history of comic books after Watchmen. I guess that that's what this story is, quote unquote. It's not, you know, like it's structured like the, it starts off as like, oh, it's a story about a, a super like a version of Peter Cannon from a different universe is sending these calamities to different dimensions and trying to quote unquote save humanity with them. And it works in the one dimension that this Peter R R Canon and Thunderbolt. We can do it just like uh Kieran Nillen does in his writer's commentaries. When we're talking about Canon, we're talking about the good, the protagonist of our story. When we're talking about Thunderbolt, we're talking about the the villain. The 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 Doctor Manhattan, Osamandias. Mm-hmm. And Canon's Canon's world ex- survives just like ours does in Watchmen. But then he crosses over along with his little super crew to fight Thunderbolt and quickly realizes that Thunderbolt is all powerful and has done this many, many times. And most of the time it has resulted in a nuclear holocaust and massive death. Uh, Not their, their world is the lucky one, the one where it actually works. And... That's the quote-unquote story, I guess, is canon versus Thunderbolt, because Thunderbolt's, like, sending off alien invasions, the squid monsters, into other dimensions, and so he must be stopped, because he's ended up killing millions and millions of people, because he thinks, eventually, it'll balance out so that I get more than I get wrong. I get more right than I get wrong. That's the story. I'm using these air quotes for that, because that's not, there's not much actual story to this comic like what you said if you haven't read watchmen and or the authority and all the the slew of other books that are watchmen like i don't think you're gonna get a lot out of this remind me what the authority was we we definitely read it right we did that is that was that the, is the midnighter and apollo yeah. and and uh uh jenny I was and gonna say Jenny Sparks is who I remember. Yeah, Jenny Sparks. They fight it's kind God. Kind of proto uh, proto planetary, even. Yes, they fight. They fight God and kill. They fight the the the, the turd God. They fight uh, pyramid the, thing. Yeah, and they kill it. They, yeah, they kill God. Um, that's yeah. That's it's Warren Ellis and Brian. I like Hitch. Warren Ellis. I do too. Uh, I like Warren Ellis a lot. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorite people. 
that I that I don't know. <laughs> Him, Alton Brown. Mm-hmm. I got to hug one of my favorite people that I didn't know. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm when Alton Brown announces his tour, his I'm. Gonna, I'm thinking about getting the VIP pass so I can actually meet him. You should do it just to say hello and thank you for the stuff he's done. Um, so I I I eat better because of you. Yeah, exactly. I eat. I eat less trash. Eat less trash. I know uh, how to cook. I know how to cook things that are not disgusting. But that's what the authority is, and like if you read the writers, you don't even have to read the writers' commentary to get, you know, if you read all these books, you see those connections. This is what this book is about. It's about, and it's not hiding it. It's pretty clear. And like after you read the first or second issues, you're like, oh, nine panel grids, and like then, it, like he literally says the words formalism in this comic book multiple times. Oh, uh, he won't shut up about it. <laughs> I, Eric, you largely, okay, confirm or deny this. You largely, I think, have a, a lesser appetite for stories that are wanky like this than I do. I, um, I mean, I think it really depends, but I would say kind of in, in macro across the, let's say the body of work that we've put out there. Yes. Okay. I, cause I like this. I, yeah, and I, I and I and I do too. I I I see the things in it, and they bother me. But in general, despite itself, I like it. Like I think that despite all the stupidity, there is there's a core of really charming something, and like he gets into these characters pretty deep, and all the different versions of them, like are well thought out and well formed and like i just sort of enjoy i enjoy the moments i enjoy what's going on in this like it just there is a lot of good despite being like it's like a core of something good with like some in some insufferable icing on it i don't know <laughs> it is even though like it's so it's hard to explain it is it's, hard. It's, it's hard so to integral to what it is. It's not like it's not important to it, but gosh, it, it's I don't know. It's it's a complicated, weird thing. It's hard to talk about because it's so much of it yeah. is not about the actual comic book itself. It's about the uh, other comic books. It's about what has happened to comic mm. books since Watchmen came out. It's about all what comics books still do to this very day. Uh, what. A lot of comic books just can't get past. And largely, I think that's why I like this so much. It is very much the the ending kind of redeems it for me. Like, where it goes from, it swerves off from being, like, an interesting meta narrative and, and, like, an exploration of, like, what comics have been for the past 30, 40 years. And it, what it turns into, like, hey, don't do this anymore. <laughs> Stop making comics like this. Like, this is it. This is the, you're asking the wrong questions with your comic books a lot of the time. A lot, of, a lot of very smart comic writers are too smart and they are too often asking what, you know, how can I out Watchmen Watchmen? Mm -hmm. When they should just be asking, how do I make this superhero a good person? How do I make them a hero? Mm -hmm. And I, I, that, that, that turn at the end it ultimately is what keeps me on the side of like oh i like this and i think kieran gillen is 
pretty much is pretty sh- un- like I don't think he makes any bones about this is not a comic book for I think there's multiple times in those commentaries where he's like hey I tried to make it so that if you hadn't read some of the stuff you'd still understand it but come on man no that's not that's no no yeah, after a certain point I, you know if you've read a lot of comic books and you haven't read this I would absolutely suggest you read this like superhero comics in particular like yeah it's perfect for you but if you're like just a person off the street or if a person doesn't read superhero comics, eh, this is not going to be much for you. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. I, I think he tried, but it's, yeah, it's, I, I, you're going to get, I think you're going to get lost in the weeds. Yeah. If you haven't read a lot I can of imagine, stuff. I can imagine someone <clears throat> who only reads, I don't know, your, your bare bones, most basic superhero comics, picking this up and just, just making a stink face and being mad. Yeah, I mean, it's it's also I would also couch it in like this is for nerds like like, yes, like people like me who love like weird like arguments about schools of criticism. Mm -hmm. That's who this book is for people that that watch uh, the multiple directors commentary tracks on their DVDs. Yes, I, I you know, the that's that this is like when you're when you use the words form like i don't i don't think most people know what the word formalism means i had to look it up is it a thing you were taught in uh in uh in your english degree oh no uh, no i wasn't there this was i did not learn this in college but i learned it basically over the span of reading a lot of nerdy comic stuff adjacent mm-hmm. to comic books that's it's mm-hmm. you know it's you know when you, i've never heard of it before why don't you give me a better why don't you kind of why don't you explain it to me better than the the definition that I looked up? I don't know if I can do that. I can do best my best well, understanding. Explain it. Explain my, it to our our readers for some or yeah, our listeners. My best understanding. To the people that are reading the transcript of this podcast. My best understanding. Explain it to them. Oh, transcripts of podcasts. That's like apparently very. It's becoming a thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, people can't. I don't know. Diff, people people have disabilities and. It's true. I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I wish that we lived in a world where you and I had time to do transcripts of things. Formalism, like in, it, it's, it's. I don't know. It's hard to define it, like in a practical sense, because it's so, yeah. it's so strange. But in larger, in art in general, and in comic books in particular, it is more about like applying a structure mm. to a piece of art. Regard, uh, no matter what your medium is, if you're painting or writing yeah. a novel or making a comic book, it is applying a specific structure to it and then adhering to that structure and not not and regardless of the reason, not breaking from it. Yeah. Being, at least that's what strict formalism is. Adherence to structure. Well, nine panel grids. Right. <laughs> nine panel grids. That, and yeah. that's largely what that what in this comic that is what they're talking what what mm-hmm. canon is talking about talking about the nine panel grid and you and the use of it as a power which is basically what canon's power in this is the power of formalism the power of structure to break to travel through dimensions does that actually make any sense no <laughs> But that's okay. I, I mean, I understand it. You know what it what what Kieran Gillen's saying by that. Not necessarily. You know, he's not in the real because the, there's like 
the rules of this comic book are incredibly fast and loose. They don't really make sense if you think about it for more than a little bit. But it is, it's largely about, you know, like, if you gave a, a character, you know, the ability to jump through panels to, to, to like Gwenpool, mm. to the, the, the ability to see that they are in a comic and the, the, the use of the understand how the story is put together, you, un, you can then travel throughout anywhere in this story, make your own story, so to speak. And you see him. You see Cannon travel to our, our Thunderbolts land, and then you see him travel to, uh, to to Eddie's world, to Alec the Alec world, Eddie Campbell's basically comic verse. Did you uh, did you pick up that that was a Eddie Campbell reference? Yes, I've not. I want to read. Alec's been on my reading list for a long, long time, and I just never. I was have. not aware of it. That was one of the main reasons that I went and read the um, the commentary. Uh, that Kieran Gillen wrote is I wanted to know more about what it was. It's like, what is this? It looks, it looks interesting. Yeah. But I, 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 I did not know anything about the other work of Eddie Campbell. Alec is very, very well revered, you know, mm-hmm. among, especially among non-superhero, more serious graphic novels, whatever people. Yes. Um, For good and for ill. I, I, I imagine it's still very good you know, regardless of however you want to label it. But I it's just very it's a lot of it. So it's it's always been very imposing on me to like, oh, I should go I should read that at some point to understand it. It's just, I just the one have. that the one that he recommends um is very cheap on Amazon and it is called the King Canute Crowd. But the, the, I mean I you, again I, I like I didn't I was like, okay, Eddie, Cam, and then like, oh, okay. I, and then I, you know, it don't, it kind of like, you. I started like to get it more as it went along. Uh, I think it's very interesting, and I think that departure from superhero comics basically is a really interesting chapter in this story because it, you know, it changes the rules all of a sudden when you're living in this different place, basically. You know, and, and I think it further delineates what we think of as rules of superhero comics versus rules of indie comics or graphic novels or, you know, arty stuff. And yet I think, and Karen Gillen points this out in one of his writer's commentaries for these is Alec also uses nine panel grids, you know, much like Watchmen. And yet those are, inc- they're incredibly different books, but yet they still adhere to this formalist structure. And what does that mean? Does it mean anything? Um, and I, you know, it, it, and largely, it's most of this is just enforcing. I don't know that. It, I I feel like the use of formalism as a power is ultimately more about like don't let it's it like this book is about art and making art. Really, this is ultimately that's what this book is to me is not really about superheroes at all. Like it, it I uses superheroes to tell the story. I guess the story of don't just you know remix something until it's unrecognizable or until it's just but to do to tell us that story it kind of does that very thing (laughs) it's like hey don't just make that same just take that story and then do it like a different way how about just make an entirely new thing try and break the rules and you know he talks about that in his writer's commentary which i really appreciate you know about how people took the wrong rest the wrong lesson from Watchmen. Mm. and they just went you know what this needs 
more superheroes being violent. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> let's they'll they'll do heroin and kill hookers. It'll be great. That's and you know and, and he Alan Moore has even mentioned this himself, which Karen Gallen also alludes to about how he had one bad year and that suddenly became a trend in comic books for for thirty years, Only, until like twenty eleven <laughs> when Hawkeye came out and suddenly it wasn't cool anymore just to be like su- and super violent and then it became cool again with like Trad Moore and. Daniel Warren Johnson and those guys who are like, oh, super violence is really so cool. It just has to be told artfully. Um, what did you think about him labeling the different chapters after different other authors, other writers? Is that what they were named after? Well, the, he talks about in the commentary, Ellis, the Ellis chapter, the the Morrison chapter, the Mark Millar chapter. I thought he was, I know he said that, but I didn't realize that's what the, the titles were from. Oh, not the titles, but um, I mean, that's what I mean. Him alluding to those being oh, like. I didn't think too much of it. I just thought that he's drawing um, inspiration from each thing and it seemed, I don't know, it did, it seemed pretty transparent reading it. Um it also seems just like I, I I don't know I don't know how intentional it was it just felt it just felt to me like a Kieran Gillen story and not like any of their thing and they I mean that is a thing that he said like it it's you know ultimately it's it's not them it's me it, it's it's how it feels to me I don't know it did you have any feelings about it because I just I saw that and I just. I, I all but rolled my eyes. I'm like, all right, whatever you can. It just felt like his work to me. I mean, I think that's part of it is very much at the end of the day. I think this is a little bit also Kieran Gillen, Kieran Gillen wrestling with his, his, his influences. Yeah. And trying to move past them and get and try and break free of that formalism just as much. You know, I think that is him writing a book that's like, Hey, I'm going to write a lot about, structure and art and in superhero comics in particular and i think in the process reveal that he himself being he's very talented and very good but also draws so many influences from these people who are just you know the a line in the legacy of alan moore it's you know it's it's alan moore and then you have ellis and 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 morrison and mark millar and he is, you know, he is the next generation of people after that, along with Kelly Sue and Fraction and other people, all the, the, the line of the, those, that, that legacy mm-hmm. and how that, the, their generation of writers, how they have reacted to Watchmen and how largely he is the one among those people who I think is closest to what those original comics and the most certainly who plays around with structure the most the one who acknowledges that the the you know the the nine panel grid the influence of deconstructing superheroes and yeah i i think it's very interesting that he calls oh this is the ellis book this is the morrison book this is the millar book ultimately it's still it's just him because he is all those things mm-hmm I think that's interesting. I think that's you don't really see a lot of books where literally a writer is art is like wrestling with their influences in real time. And that's what this book feels like in some ways. And I mean, like, and that's interesting. Like, and it comes back around to me going, I really find that that's really interesting. And I don't regret reading this at all. But 
I don't anyone who has any any kind of degree of dislike of this kind of wanky meta narrative stuff. Well, I hate it. <laughs> I I can't. You know, it's yeah. It and I I think this is the book for me. Like for, this is a book, a kind of book that I really enjoy. Uh, I'm always because it's you know it's a reaction to the reaction to the reaction, but it's hard for me to defend it as like a real story. It's like more of an exercise than anything. I mean, it's a shame because I like these character voices and I like this world that he's stepped into telling this. Yeah. Um, it's all very good. Like, I think the, the, a thing that it reminds me of that I don't know why I didn't think of when I was reading it is, uh, Alan Moore's Supreme. Mm hmm. Because it is so much about, I don't know, kind of meta and history of Superman and revision, retcon, weird shit like that and comics across the ages. You know, it's also trying to say something about comics, at least through a character. But like, I like, I like the characters in this and I would, I would want to see a straightforward story but like at the end of at the end of supreme i don't particularly feel anything for any of those characters and i think that that i don't know i i, I come back to that core of this story that i just i enjoy my time here where i don't know i love i love supreme story of the year and i have read it multiple times but i don't I don't have any any positive feelings about any of the characters that are neutral or bad. I I I like a lot of what's going in here. Yeah, I think there is certainly room for more Peter Kane and Thunderbolt stories. This Peter Cannon, and I I would certainly. I don't know how he goes. I don't know how he moves on from this. I don't know how you keep going from something this whacked out. I don't know how you write another volume of it. But maybe he has ideas. Who knows? I don't know if they'll but, even have him write more of it. You know, they could give right. it to a new a new writer to just like. And I think at that point, you like, I think ultimately the thesis of this is, you know, write new stories, write stories about heroes and, you know, try and get back, you know, do a new thing. Do, do follow follow a different answer. Ask a different question. You know, that's how canon wins against Thunderbolt. You, how do you beat a god? Well, you make it so that the winner is not the person who is the most powerful. And that is, I think the story for superhero comics in general, and largely what the, what like the story for superhero comics has been, I think since fractions, Hawkeye, since fraction aha did Hawkeye and kind of changed what comic books have been largely. And I think it's, they ask different questions like what, what makes a good hero and what makes a good story and how do you, ask different questions about superheroes i think if you're gonna make a sequel to this to peter have peter this peter cannon in another story you have him you ask a different question about him and it's not who's the strongest and it's certainly not about meta narrative it's a straightforward superhero story is my guess um i i don't i think to make a sequel you don't make a sequel you just move on start it start over basically because I don't think you can make a sequel to this. Not a true sequel, at least. Mm. 
the thing i mean it's kind of how gwenpool ended them there's there's no way that he can even i i I can't see how you revisit any part of this how you even write these character personalities or step away from where this lands i don't know i struggle to see how it would work at all I mean, Even for it to not be a sequel and reference these things, I don't, I, I don't know. It would have to be completely removed. But I, it's, it's a whole thing. This is definitely does not seem like it was written. It, it's written to be final. It seems like anyway. I mean, at the end of the day, they are back in their normal world, and he's a superhero again, and he has his boyfriend back. Mm-hmm. And he has a robot boyfriend as well. <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, what I would do is not write a superhero comic. It does seem to be that does sort of what it it, it looks like it's saying, you know, at the end with that um, where it shifts back to to Eddie Campbell, Eddie Campbell land. Maybe it's hard to say, but I, I don't know. I don't think there's. It's not like there's this, there was not like certainly a lot of cachet in the Peter Cannon name. Like, he's an old, you know, was a free character, basically, you know. Yeah. Like, so, you know, it's like, well, who was all those, who were those old old Charlton characters before Alan Moore Mm -hmm. remixed them and, and made them new? So it's the same way. You're like, well. It's not like, what did they have in Peter Cannon before this story existed? Not much. So you had you take this and I, you know, you move on by moving sideways instead of moving forward. You just, like, hey, here's the status quo. Oh, let's pretend that it happened, but it didn't. Comic books are good at forgetting important things. <laughs> Any kind of... Um... Any kind of long-form storytelling passed from person to person kind of has to be. Mm-hmm. Continuity is the devil, I believe many comic book writers say. It's not a, it's, it's in general not a great idea. They, they sure are, they sure are drawing some, some big Peter Cannon butts and some, some, some smolder in here on these covers. That's true. The art is, I think the art is good. I think it's, it's. The art is uh, very strong all, yeah. all, all across the board. Yeah. I, I, I it, like it. Yeah. The art is good. And it, I think it, it even doubly so because it deals with very complicated storytelling and first embracing the nine panel grid and then also not, but also like con- being at that push and pull of like hey we're gonna use the nine panel grid but mostly because we're using it to demonstrate why it's outdated or so, I, I don't know it's complicated I, th- I think that's why the art is i would say it's even better than just oh it looks really nice um but it does look very nice and there is some there's definite smolder there mm-hmm. who would you recommend this to Eric? god i have no idea comic book nerds who else would could possibly appreciate it yeah, I would say, do you know the name Kieran Gillen? Are you intimately familiar with the stuff he writes and the legacy of his of his stories of the people he modeled his stories after and the people they modeled their stories after? Have you read Watchmen and the Authority and the Ultimates? Have you read all those books? You have? Hey, do you like nerdy, dumb comic book meta stuff? Is, do you like superior deconstruction and then reconstruction and then deconstruction of the reconstruction? Do you know what any of that means? 
75%? All right, you can read this. Otherwise, if you do you want a real story with superheroes being superheroes, then no, this is not. Don't don't read this. Uh, huh. I enjoyed it, though. I like this a lot. Yeah, I did, too. Absolutely. It's just hard to talk about. <laughs> it's hard to, like, articulate your thoughts about it's just ideas. This is we're it's like philosophy, basically, for 25 minutes. That's what we're at. Yeah. It's what we're going down to. Uh, but I mean, I would like I like it a lot. And anyone who I think it's kind of those books where you get pitched it, it if it gets pitched to you and you go, oh, that sounds really interesting. Then you'll like it. It's 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 absolutely passes that test of like, if it sounds good, you'll like it. If it sounds bad, then you won't like it. It's it's not like like the book itself is complicated, but mm. the idea of the book is pretty cut and dry. The execution is complicated because of course it is. A man uses like a comic book character uses a nine panel grid to teleport between dimensions. <laughs> God. Does that idea appeal to you? Yes or no? That answers your question. I mean, I just read it and I don't think it appeals to me, but I still like this book. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh God. Of all the of all the characters not named uh Peter Cannon, who's your favorite? All the characters that get killed. I think I like all of them for various reasons, and a lot of it's their character design. Um, like, I like the weird Dr. Manhattan She-Hulk. Um, I like the weird ninja Baba Yaga magic person. Um, I think the, the, the one who, just based on, I think the two that really they have the most character moments are uh supreme justice and oh what's the little punk rock machine gun hand guy what's his name he's got a strange ass name it's like the something the test the test yeah i like i like him he's got a lot of really good he's got some good zingers and he gets blown up in panels that are lifted from watchmen that's so silly. Right, hey, Eric, I have a question for you. What's up? Are you ready for some bullet violence? It makes me smile that he kind of put that in there to 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 make Warren Ellis laugh. I mean, it makes me laugh. It's still <laughs> so silly. It's 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 a thing. Um, I liked it. I don't know what else to say. Uh, we are gonna continue though, Eric, mm. with. I, I think this is a good book to read before what we read next time. Because next time we are reading Doomsday Clock, the sequel to Watchmen. Yeah. By Jeff Johns and Gary Frank. It's the unintentional uh, diptych of uh, podcasts we're doing here. Uh, so I don't think we're going to like it as much as we like this. <laughs> no, I, I expect to not like it. Uh, I expect to be very frustrated. Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. It's twelve issues. Uh, it just finished last last year, the end of last year, and we're gonna read it and see how we feel about the sequel to Washman. Dan DiDio himself called it a sequel to Washman. Jeff Johns is like, no, it's not. It's just a standalone story, except it uses all those characters and happens after. And <laughs> we're gonna read some Jeff Johns Washman fan fiction. Eric, I know you're excited about that idea. Mm. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh, that'll do it for us today. Uh, 
if you you can let's see if you like the show please uh uh what do we do you go to the uh, podcast app and you subscribe to us and you you rate us and you review us you give us a good score you tell your friends helps like us get, share subscribe like guys. share so hit that ring that bell uh all those things you uh tell your friends Go to our website, it's HanselBoysComicsHour.com. Includes links to all of our things uh, on social media, Facebook.com slash HanselBoysComicsHour, Twitter at HBCR. You can email us at HanselBoysComics at gmail.com. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. My book, my my book, my website is RobbieDorman.com where you can buy my books, including my newest novel, Underneath a Story of Arctic Terror, my my horror story of Antarctic Terror. Uh, Great for fans of the thing or the terror. And body horror in particular, it's free if you have Kindle Unlimited. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? Well, you can see my portfolio at freewillunlimited.com. Most of the things I get up to are available at ericzgoodnight.com. That includes links to my Twitter, Instagram, Twitch channel, where I'm known on all of those services as Easy Goodnight. And with that, folks, we will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll. Thank <music> you.